This episode of Referee Rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with this new organic line comes the following flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acier, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Raw Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just two grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. Welcome to another edition of The Rant, episode four. This is with my man, my main man, Phil Francois. He's been one of my best friends for almost 20 years. And we just discuss his experience coaching, refing, playing, and everything in between. So I hope you enjoy this. This was a really good one. This was a little before the holidays, uh, but we figured we put it up. It's a good time. Um, and he just recently won a AU tournament with his son. Uh, son's a rising star, and I hope he has more continued success as he goes on. So here's my conversation with Phil. Phil, what up? What's going on, bro? All right, so for people that don't know, Phil is one of my best friends. He lives in Florida. He's been living there for almost 20 years. Uh, tell us a little bit of... Huh? That long? Yeah, you've been gone since 9-9. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Come on, you're a, you're a coach, right? Yes, I do coach uh, youth sports. I coach a fourth grade travel AAU team. Uh, that my son actually currently plays for. Um, I mean, you know, basketball has been a major part of my life, you know, from about sixth grade on, and I still play basketball. So, you know, it's 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 nothing to me to teach the kids the game that I love, so it comes pretty easy. Right. So I'll just tell the parallels between me and Phil. So me and Phil, uh, ninth grade is a big deal in a Catholic school. We both went to Kellenberg. Um, 10th grade, we uh, made the team, and that's when we had our bond. We were listening to Erica Badu and all that. And then right. junior year, we both made the team, and we were really good. I'm assuming that in Florida, you start, you still played basketball. And for me, I always had a love-hate. I'd stop for a while and start again, then stop for a while and start again. And I remember you'd always make fun of me doing that. And then I got into refing. I got kind of okay with it for the first two years, and then that's when I started con- trying to convince you, and I remember at that point you were trying to figure out uh, what you wanted to do. You weren't really involved in the coaching at the time, and then, yeah, you got into refing. So explain um, your whole refing odyssey in Tampa, Florida. So I was actually in between between jobs, and um, I was looking for, you know, a revenue of income while I waited for another opportunity in the corporate world. And uh, that's when I think, I don't know if you were maybe second year or maybe first year lacrosse refing. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation where, you know, you explained to me, you know, it's 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 pretty simple to get into. You know, you can use it as a workout and, you know, get in, get in, get out, get the check and, you know, and, and be out. So uh, I signed up for a referee course for lacrosse at IMG Academy in Bradenton. So uh, it was a Saturday course. I think it was like a five hour class. I went to it. 
uh, and then I started refing lacrosse. So, do you remember your first game? I do. So it was it was the youth level. Um, I knew nothing about the sport. Uh, the class. I mean, the class was pretty informative, but, you know, there's nothing like the relative experience of actually being out on the field. So when I got out there, I was nervous as shit. Um, you know, you had all these parents that were, you know, lining the sidelines, and they obviously know the game because, I mean, the game dates back to, I think, what, like the uh, Native American days? <laughs> Native so, American days. <laughs> Because that, that's what they told us in class. So I was already nervous from that. You know what I mean? So when I got on the field, um, I just remember hustling to my positions. But I didn't necessarily understand what was going on on the field. <laughs> so that in of itself was pretty nerve-wracking. Well, how, how doofy did you feel by wearing the uniform on top of oh. not knowing anything? Because you got to wear these stiff black shorts. Right. You have to wear crew socks. And you know me. I like to wear high socks. So... I remember one time I play, uh, did a lacrosse game. They were like, what, are you just coming from a soccer game? Like, they were making fun of me that I had long socks. And then the flag, and then you probably didn't get up to the beeper part, but... Yeah, no, The so the lead ref had the beeper. So I, the shorts were terrible. I bought some Dickie shorts from, like, Walmart. The Monarchs, the Air, the Nike Monarchs, those were terrible. The crew socks, and then me having to tuck in my shirt. I mean, it was bad. Like, I felt... You know, me being 6'5", I felt like a big idiot running up and down the field. Mm. So that that was tough. But, you know, when you think about it, you know, parents are there watching their kids. I mean, I think the last thing they care about is what the referee looks like. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to get that through my head. And then once I got that through my head, it was, you know, easy sailing from that perspective as far as the way that I appeared to people. Okay. And how far did you get into it? And I don't know. Uh, what... I, I, I think I did an entire season, I want to say. I did a couple of jamborees, which were like, you know, tournament days where there was multiple games within the day. And then um, I want to say basketball class started up. And that's where I transitioned from lacrosse. Even though, even when I was on the lacrosse field, uh, funny enough, there was a guy from Nassau County who, I mean, he had all the Nassau County patches on his shirt. And, you know, he seemed like a, a seasoned vet. And he told me when I, you know, I explained to him that, you know, basketball was my true passion. He was saying, yeah, but down here, the money's in lacrosse. It's not in basketball. So I didn't understand if he was just trying to, you know, keep me from going to basketball or if he was telling the truth. And lo and behold, when I got into basketball, it was about 50% less money that we were making as far as the referee. Okay, so how much were you making for one lacrosse game at that time? So one lacrosse game here was $55. Mm. Mm. Okay. And then as you go up the level, I think JV was like 65, varsity 75. So yeah. Like Spoiler alert. I think I'm going to take the girls' class for right. lacrosse. Right. And I think I'm going to switch over because um, this is one girl I know. Her name is Claire. She's like 25 years old, and she's like a beast in lacrosse. Uh, she just transferred from Massachusetts. I met her doing basketball. She's really good at knowing the rules. Um, right. I'm also going to get her on the podcast. But anyway, um, I ref with the teacher for girls' lacrosse. And I was trying to tell him, like, I do baseball and I do lacrosse. And he was like, eh, you should stay with ba ba uh, you should stay with lacrosse because, I don't know, you're going to get confused with the rules. And I'm looking at him like, do you know who I am? I do 10 sports. <laughs> I'm going to get confused. Right. After the first time out, he comes right up to me. He's like, I want you. I want you. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. So, right. I don't know. I think it's a good avenue. If I, if I kind of have Claire 
to because I think what's interesting about your experiences with refing, and maybe this is probably why it didn't work out, aside from the money, the disparity of the money for ba- basketball, which we'll get into. Right. I think somebody like me and you with lacrosse, we're coming from a place where we have to apply the rules, and that's all we're learning. And I think the most important thing to be a ref, and I think the easier transition from being a player to a ref is having the feel. When you have the feel, it's a lot easier. So even if you don't know nothing about basketball, right? If you don't, I mean, if you played basketball all your life and you don't know how to ref, you'll learn the rules. That's fine. True. Right? You'll learn the rules piece by piece. But if you're coming like lacrosse, you'll learn the rules, but you don't know what you're seeing because you don't know the feel. That's a it's a very difficult way to learn. So the way I the way I look at it is kind of like if you have somebody um, like a cop and their first assignment is Bedford Stuyvesant, right. East New York and Brooklyn, right? right? You think they're going to be able to talk to the community? Probably not. They know the rules, right? But they're not going to be like me and you, like yo, what's good, man? What, what are y'all doing? Right. 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 So they're gonna, we're going to regularly have the rapport, even though you don't know what you're doing. So I think that's. I don't know. It's kind of like an unfortunate circumstance that you chose lacrosse first, got used to that money, right. and then you went to something that you liked and then was like a complete, you know. Yeah, complete drop off. Complete. So tell me about your basketball experience of refing. Uh, so basketball, um, you know, I, I took the class. Uh, the class was pretty informative. Like on our third day, they threw us out uh, into a JV I want to say JV mixed with varsity uh, summer scrimmage. So that was my first time on the court. Um, it was pretty shell shocking, you know. What I mean, just you know, uh, just being involved with the, the movement of the game and how fast it really was. Um, but I liked it. I liked it because, like you said, it, it was something familiar, something that I understood the feel, and I can tell when you know, a big man was taking a charge or if he was faking a charge and, you know, really committing a blocking foul. Like, I, I just, I knew what it looked like. So um, from the class, um, you know, I got assigned a bunch of low-level youth games, which, you know what I mean, were easy to ref, but they weren't as as interesting because, I mean, it was just, you know, herding cattle, so to speak, and uh, organized confusion. So I started doing a bunch of YMCA games. Then I moved to middle school where I got, you know, the uh, YMCA elite travel games. And then I did actual middle school games, which actually here in Florida, the in the county that I live in, in Tampa, Hillsborough County, the, the season is only five games. So these games were action-packed, more so than varsity. I mean, the, the gyms were full from, you know I mean, from both sides of the, of, of the, of the floor. So that was a pretty cool experience, but again, you know, the money really wasn't there and then corporate America came knocking and then I transitioned, you know, out of, out of refing. And then I also started coaching my son's team. Right. Um, and so do you think the main reason why you fell off with it was because, um, of the pay grade? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I had bills to pay, honestly, and I couldn't, there, there, would, there wouldn't be an amount of games that I'd be able to physically do that would help, you know, cover the the things that I was responsible for, you know, like after school care and, you know, car payments and, and mortgages and stuff like that. Mm. So do you think that um, you're ever going to revisit that uh, that experience again? Maybe when your son gets older? I think it could be something that I do down the line just to, again, 
you know, stay close to the game that I love and, you know, stay in shape. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't written it off. So yeah, it would be something that I would do. I mean, I, I did enjoy it the, 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 the short amount of time that I did it. Okay. Um, uh, so you mentioned that you were coaching and how was that going? Tell me about your process with, uh, coaching. So, uh, the, the way that I got into coaching, so I've coached AAU about 10 years ago. So I had an experience with a seventh grade team where we did fairly well. I mean, those kids now are second year college. I want to say some of them are playing collegiate ball. I think D2, I want to say, but, um, you know, I took obviously a long break from coaching. Uh, and then, uh, my son, he was in the second grade at the time. Um, he was playing up on a third grade team and, uh, They, the director of the program that I coach for, he came down and said, I want to make a designated second grade team and a designated third grade team so that no kids were playing up and they needed a coach for the second grade team. So with my son being second grade, I didn't want him to fall by the wayside. So I volunteered because I, I just wasn't comfortable with him just getting any coach, especially with him being so young in his playing career. I know how important it is to really get that, you know, that set that good foundation and, and really lock in, you know, to the, to the fundamentals. So I, I, I stepped in and here we are two years later, I'm, I'm coaching the fourth grade skill center uh, travel squad. All right. So it sounds like that. Um, and just from our, all of our conversations from previously, I think that uh, you really found your passion because I don't know, you talk about coaching the way I talk about repping, you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to master it, especially like, you know, the managing of players and who you need to play at certain times, how to talk right. to one kid as opposed to another one. Some kid might be stronger and, and, and might need tough love. The other one might have to be have their hand held. Um, so I think that's really cool. Um, where do you see yourself with coaching as your son grows? Do you plan on coaching outside of your son? Do you plan on being a varsity coach? Um, I, I don't have any goals, per se, with coaching, you know, as far as, you know, looking that far ahead. Um, it's something that I do enjoy, so I, I wouldn't necessarily turn that opportunity down, per se. But as of right now, I'm, I'm focusing on the youth, the youth travel squad, and, and as they grow, so next year they'll be fifth, I'll be the fifth grade coach, again in sixth grade. And then we see where it goes from there. Honestly. Okay, so you don't you don't know you you I guess you'll, I don't know. I think it's it's going to be hard not to want to elevate as you get better. You know what I'm saying? I know that you right. feel like you're getting better year by year. So, right. We'll see what happens now. Um, how has your experience with refereeing changed your perception of referees as you coach? That's a good question. So. Um, Prior to, so like, let's let's rewind back 10 years ago. You know, I always thought that, you know, referees, you know, were, were you know, picking sides and the way that they would referee the game would, you know, be dependent upon the, the kids' attitudes on the floor and, of course, the coaches, the way that they interacted. You know, I always thought that they, you know, didn't give fair shakes sometimes. But then when I refereed, I realized that, you know, I didn't really care who won or lost the game. It was just a matter of being a guardian of the game and ensuring that these kids, you know, played the game correctly, you know, in in, in the sense of the rules. So as I refer as I coach now, I'm I'm very courteous to the referees, you know, 
refereeing is a very thankless job, right? So after every game, I make it a, a, a point to go up to the referees. I thank them for their services. I have my son thank the referees. Just because I know it's, it's hard to get out there, to be in the limelight, to have to deal with the crowd, because parents hands down, are one of the worst things <laughs> in your sports. I mean, hands down. So to have to deal with that, to have to deal with some belligerent coaches who don't know the other side, who don't know anything about the strike life, you know, I, I always commend them for it. And I and, and even the way that I deal with them in the game now, I, I more so manage the referees kind of like how I manage my players, right? You kind of start to understand or, or learn these different guys' personalities. And it's it becomes more of a conversation, you know. I'm not I'm not yelling. I'm not heckling at them, you know. I, I'm just you know holding them to you know whatever whatever bar that they set as far as what they're trying to do on the court. I hold them to it, and you know, and I question them on things that I feel are questionable, but but out of respect though, never you know never con- never out of contention. Yeah, I you know what I it's some of the things that you just hit on were interesting to me. One thing was. Uh, I always find it interesting that players off the bat already think that I'm against them, especially when I've never repped either team. Right. I, I've never, I, I, sometimes I go, like, for example, Friday night, I was in Harlem. It was uh, Dwight versus Trinity. Mm-hmm. It was a varsity game, right? And somebody in the crowd was like, yo, you got you got to call it both ways. And I'm looking, I'm like, I don't know no ways of any anybody on the court. I, I, I don't understand where these... Uh, where these uh, these pointed criticisms are coming from? Because I don't come in there and go, "Oh, look at number two. I don't like the way he's dressed. I'm going to give him two fouls." I don't ref like that. I just go, right. "You know what? This, you know, sometimes I'll go. This kid's important to the game, and I might caution him and say, like, you know, you have two fouls, and it's only the second quarter. You might want to chill. You right, might right. want to do the right thing." Um, but I just always find that interesting, as if uh, I favor one team or the other. I just I just ref, you know, I just, I, I go in there and I go in and out. Um, but even yesterday I did a varsity game in Nassau County. Um, it's interesting to see what happens as you go further down the line. So I'll give you an example. There's this kid named Ryan. He's an elementary school teacher in Syosset and he was in the stands and he was one of my first, uh, experiences in an adult league and he would always say craziness. Um, so much so to the fact that he would berate the refs berate the players one time I saw him he hit 14 three-pointers in somebody's face and just kept talking and talking and talking and even then when he felt that he got fouled he still got mad at me and he's like what are you trying to do you're ruining the game but you come to realize that he's trying to see how much you can take how much he can take from you and how how strong you're going to be and he even told me that he's always trying to test the refs as I got to know him because now you know we're cool but even when I saw him in the stands at the Syosset game, he's like, you know, you missed like three calls, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see the dynamic as the relationships grow. And I think it's just, it's relationships because yeah. Yeah. as you get further with the coaches uh, in coaching, you're going to see the same refs and you're going to be like, wow, you got better. You know, you right. got you, you got better. You, it's like a visible thing and it, it's the same thing. I saw right. a parent in the crowd. His son is in eighth grade and he looked at me. He's like, wow, you're doing these games too now? Cool, man. And then one of the kids... Um, was like, oh, I always, I used to always see you at, at Island Garden. That's right. cool to see you doing my game now. So, you know, that makes me feel good. That that's validation for me. Absolutely. So, 
So I don't know. It's it's cool because I, I think everything is based on relationships. Because even though the players change, coaches don't really change, referees no. don't change. So it, it's right. it's always good to uh, respect, as you said, the stripe life. Absolutely. So you know, and going back to you know how people interact with referees. Like I don't know if I'm sure you've heard it, but like there's like a a, a box of terms or a box of phrases that all of these parents and and hecklers throw out at referees. Like, like? they'll say, check your eyes, ref, or... I never heard that one. Yeah, you know, or, you know, what are you seeing down there? Or, you know, what game are you refereeing? Like, they, they sometimes they they say so much that you can tell that either the, the person that's heckling doesn't know the sport or, you know, they're just being belligerent because, you know, their kid or, you know, the, per- the team that they're rooting for isn't winning. Mm. So it, it comes, it's it's not even validated after a certain amount of time. Okay. You know what I mean? And, and when I'm coaching, like, I hear the crowd, but I can't necessarily pick out what they're saying. So I'm just focused on, you know, my kids, obviously, and then managing the game. It's just a, a bunch of background noise, and that kind of happened to me when I was refereeing as well. Like, I heard the people, but I never looked at them. I never validated anything they were saying to me because I knew that, my job was was here to officiate the game, and and be a guardian of of the game that we all love so much. You know, mm, what I, mean? mm, mm. I can think about a couple of instances where the crowd said some weird things. But see, I'm at the point where like I can manage the game, I can tell what the players are doing, I, I can do all that. So now I can really like focus on the crowds and go like, okay, this person's <laughs> this person is number three's dad right, because every right. time he touches the ball, he says something that conflicts with the coach and I'm always I'm always on the side of the coach because you know obviously I coach volleyball and I don't want my parents to interfere with the kids that I'm coaching 100% because I don't you know I, I think volleyball is a little different because a lot of people don't know volleyball the game so they don't really enforce their opinion I think basketball is kind of rough because everyone watches NBA everyone watches college it's always on TV it's the most popular sport you know, so I think all of those rules jumbled up in people's minds. They think they know what they're talking about, but more often they, they don't. So um, I'll just I just remember one instance that some parent was just going crazy on his kid. You could see that the kid was visibly not doing as well as he could have because, I don't know, his dad just kept kept telling him what to do. And I, I think it was just a mixed message with his his coach. And, and so. Me, since I'm on the side of the coach because I, I can empathize with the coach and having those problems, I just stare at the guy. I don't say it. I just stare. I go. Right. And then I just, I keep refing. I just keep staring. So I'll call right. a foul and they go, oh, and then I'll just stare at them. And they, right. don't, they don't have one word because they know I'm not playing. They know I'm yeah. not here to, yeah. you know, I'm not here like, oh, you know what? Oh, that was your son. But half the time, they don't even understand the game themselves. Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. So, and I'll, I'll give you the most perfect example is when a kid shoots and he makes it a try, right? It might not look like a try, but it is a try. Mm-hmm. When they air ball and then they go for the ball and they get it All again right. and then they can dribble, people right. go ballistic, oh, ballistic. Yeah. Right. And then they try to fight me like, and I go, listen, that is legal. And then they go, right. no, it's not. No, it's not. It's right. not legal. Right. So that keeps me calm. I mean, a couple of things that I, I use when I ref is that I know that I know the rules. I never call anything that I can't explain, right? And another thing is 
I try to envision all of those people that are talking refing, and <laughs> I know I know it wouldn't go far. Right now. I just know it wouldn't go far. Um, well, another thing that I wanted to ask you, so um, how has, and how do you think you're going to be now when you're not coaching your son and he gets to a higher level, how are you going to treat the refs? Are, are you going to micromanage your son while he's playing? Are you going to say something to the refs when you're just in the stands spectating? Definitely not. So um, there's been opportunities where my son has played for other coaches and, you know, and, and I am a spectator. So what I found myself doing is I, I cheered him on from the sideline. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't micromanage what he was doing because all that will do is confuse the kid while they're on the court. So what I normally do is I cheer him on, you know, I you know I tell him good job or keep working or, you know, move your feet on defense just to, you know, kind of help bolster the things that he already knows what he needs to do when he's in the game. But as far as the micromanaging piece... You know, I'll never tell him, oh, you should have shot that ball or next time drive to like that. That Those kind of things are just going to not only throw him off, but you're going to throw him off with his coach because his coach might be, you know, running something totally different or whatever the case may be. Now, after the game, if he asks me in regards to, you know, wh- how his gameplay was, if he wants my specific cr- criticism, then we may have a conversation. But most of the time we don't, you know, I just, I just let them be. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the best way to handle it. Um, I don't know why people like to meddle. I think people have to learn on their own and then we could talk about it afterwards. Same thing with refing. I don't, I don't like it when other officials kind of point out things in real time that you're messing up and you know, right. I'd, ra- I'd rather, uh, hear it in the locker room, you know, and I don't know. I, one of my aims for this, for this podcast, for this website I really want to humanize referees. I want them to all, all understand the stripe life. And one thing that I, I definitely wanted to say um, in this show is that you think about a basketball player, right? What's a good field goal percentage for a kid? For a kid? Yeah. Like 40%? Okay, so 40%. Now, if we do the simple mathematics, it's af- out of every 10 shots, they hit four, which means that right. they're unsuccessful six times. Right. Referees have a way higher standard, right? right? I'm talking about I want to get out of 100 plays, I want to get 96 correct. And that means mm-hmm. I want to get 100 no calls correct as well. So right. if you think that my my accuracy level is 96% and that's what I'm aiming for, that's still so much better than 40%, right? True. But the thing is the perception of one mistake, one mistake can ruin everything. Even if it's a, if it's a critical play, you might right. have been perfect the whole entire game. You make one mistake, and it costs some team the game. Yeah, you know that. And I don't. I don't think that's fair. But that's the standard that we're uh, accustomed to. That we have True. to be, you know, perfect at all times. I just want at least uh, players and coaches alike to understand that we're also human. And yeah, I'm gonna make mistakes, man. I'm definitely gonna make mistakes. I'm not coming yeah. out there thinking I want to be perfect. Now, that's yeah. my aim, but. You know, I just want them to understand. I want, especially somebody like you as a coach, I, I want them to understand that I'm not going to get every call, man. I'm not going to no. get every call, but you got to hold us to the same standard as your kids, right? Like, if they're shooting 40%, that's successful. You know, at the very least, just if I make one mistake, hopefully it's not a critical play, but at the very right. least, I just want them to understand that it's not something that I'm going to be perfect either. I could try right. for being perfect, but 
rarely does that happen where I I feel like I've had a perfect game. I always mess up, man. I had like seven mistakes last last night. Yo, I I was going so quick. I called I called a foul on Red Thirteen because his jersey was like, it was so it was kind of like loose. It was really a twenty three, but it looked like a thirteen. So everyone was like, there is no thirteen, and I went, mm. So I don't know. I was and, yeah. So. What is your favorite memory of refing, if you have one? My favorite memory of refing. Yeah. I mean, I, I gotta say it was uh, so uh, it was a middle school game. Um, it was a local middle school, Farnell versus Davidson. So um, you know, on the warm up lines, mind you, this is eighth grade. Davidson had all the athletes, right? These kids were damn near dunk. I think one even dunked on the. Uh, the layup line. You know that's illegal, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was the dunk where, kind of like the Scotty Pippen dunk where they barely touched the rim. Mm. But the kid the kid was getting up, right, on his layups. So I was like, oh, man, you know, this is going to be a good game, you know, whatever the case is. And Davidson had a woman coach, not to discredit any women coaches, but and, uh, uh, and most of the time here in Florida, most of these coaches are you know, faculty, like gym teachers or whatever the case may be. Long story short, um, Davidson was up by, I want to say, like 25 in this game. Like, smacking Farnell, smacking him, smacking him. And it was a home game for Farnell. So, uh, it was a point in the third quarter, I think late in the third quarter, where the uh, Davidson coach took out all of her starters. So, she took out all of her studs. And Farnell came roaring back in this game to the point where they were up by like five points with like two minutes left in the game and ended up beating Davidson after they were up 25 points. So it just goes to show, you know I mean? You, you, you know, the mistakes that the coach made, you know, with her subbing and her trying to make sure that her bench was involved in the game and, you know, the swagger that these kids had to the point where after the game, they're like crying because they lost the game that they were, you know, clearly favored in and, and, and had in the bag. Mm. So that was pretty cool to, to be a part of. So you just liked experiencing the back and forth and what you thought oh, yeah. was a formality, and then, and then right, and then the crowd went. I mean, was nuts. I mean, mm. it was just, it was just. I've never been, I've never been a, a part. Well, maybe. Well, as a ref, I've never obviously been in a part of of that type of environment. Playing, I mean, you know, I can go back to high school where we, you know, we had games at Chaminade that were pretty contentious, and mm. the gym was was pretty. Uh, was pretty crazy. Yes, yes, yes. Th- those games are crazy, and I got a couple of Shamanai games coming up. As a matter nice. of fact. Nice. Um, what is what is the worst experience that you ever had as a referee? The worst experience. Um, I gotta say, uh, there was a. I was doing a uh, a girls' camp at uh, University of South Florida, and uh, I ended up having I think it was like eight games or seven games in the day. Wow. And it was just how uncomfortable I was, you know, with you know, how sweaty my undershirt was and how the tights weren't, you know, staying securely, you know, mm-hmm. tight to my leg anymore. It mm-hmm. was just it was just a very uncomfortable feeling. So by that seventh game, I was just so ready to get out of there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That um, you know, I vowed to to never take on so many games, you know, in such a, a small time frame. Mm. Yeah, I I completely get that. I, I think what I do is that, 
I try to stay away from doing seven games in a row at the same place. I right. think my saving grace is that when I do like 10 games, it'll be three different locations and maybe two different sports. So that way it doesn't feel like, you know, if you're in the same place, you, you're going to go crazy. Right, right. Especially when, when you're like, oh, I just did my third game. I got four left. No. <laughs> right, right. It's awful. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, so where do you see yourself in five years? In relation to coaching or in relation to... Just relationship to uh, basketball. I mean, I, I know I'll be definitely close to the game because with my son only being in the fourth grade right now, he'll be a freshman in high school. So I, I'll be close to the game, you know, from that perspective. Will I be coaching? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If, if you know, by the time he's in the ninth grade, he's going to be playing, obviously, for, you know, a high school. So as long as it's a coach that I can, you know, respect and trust, I have no problem having my son play for, you know, another coach. Mm-hmm. So um, it just, it just depends. You know, I, I mean, I, I love the sport. I, I'll, I know I'll be around it. So even if, even if I'm not coaching a team per se, maybe it'll transition to a training. I, I, I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday about this and, you know, I was talking to her about all the different trainings that I, I take and clinicians that I take my son to, you know, to help bolster the the skills and learn new skills that he uses on a, on a day-to-day basis. And that we were realizing that none of these clinicians or or trainers, none of them coach defense. It's all offensive, all offensive moves and how you affect the game by scoring. Because at the end of the day, parents, you know, most of the time are the ones that are paying for these trainings. They only care about their kids scoring. No one puts any emphasis on the defense. So that may be a lane, you know, maybe a, a niche market that I can step into. And, and you know, with, with coaching, I you know, I coach defense all the time. So that may be something that I, you know, down the line that I, you know, I may get into. And, and just, again, help kids learn the game that I love, you know. Mm. All right. I think this was great, Phil. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you uh, for discussing all your referee experience, man. It was... Um... A lot of fun. Sure, no problem, man. I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. I appreciate it, man. And hopefully you'll be on the podcast again with some other crazy uh, story or anecdote about coaching and refereeing. And hopefully you get back in the game, man. Hopefully yes, you get back yes, in the sir. game. For sure.